Wow, what a day. What a day in the world of sports. From some of the highest of highs to some of the lowest of lows. And the the emotions run the gamut on this Tuesday. And as we head into a Wednesday, no doubt those emotions will be carried over. Everything from an incredible milestone in the game of hockey that we get to witness with one of the greatest players of all time who continues to treat us to his skills and continues to climb the career charts and leave an indelible mark on his sport and his franchise and his city to the loss of a college football coach who was so much more than just a teacher and a mentor, so much more than the air raid coach, so much more than a pirate. The tributes pouring in from all over the sports world, not just in college football, but into the NFL as well. And people who encountered him in various other walks of life. Matthew McConaughey, for instance, paying tribute to Mike Leach, who was airlifted to the hospital on Sunday. We mentioned it. Details were sketchy, even going back to Sunday. And now there aren't a lot of details about these last 48 hours. Only that he was home on Sunday with his family and suffered a some type of a heart issue. The reports had been heart attack, but his family connects it to a previous heart issue. And he passed away Monday night with the news breaking around the country on Tuesday morning. A lot of people thinking about him and his family over the last couple of days. And if you knew nothing about Mike Leach, the number of tributes, the countless people in and out of the sports world who wanted to weigh in and remember him, who wanted to share their sadness with other people who knew Mike. College football will never be the same. Never. Nor should it be when it loses a personality, unconventional, atypical, eccentric, funny, goofy, opinionated, with no topic off limits. Those are just a few of the words and the phrases I wrote down about Mike Leach. I covered him a little bit when I was working in Oklahoma. And he was the same then as he's being remembered today. You never knew what would come out of his mouth about football or any other topic under the sun. In fact, Mike Leach was previously immortalized in the After Hours Hall of Flame for one of his epic rants about mascots. (laughs) And so even as we hear from various members of his coaching tree, those around college football and the NFL who remember him specifically, fondly, humorously. We want to bring back some of the rants that he's known for. I remember one time he called his offense, and I don't remember which team this is with, the most constipated offense on the planet. 
That was Mike Leach. He had opinions on absolutely everything and was not shy about sharing them. Sometimes I wondered if he was stalling. If he just wanted to try to run interference or attempt to get reporters and journalists off the scent. Throw them off with a little misdirection. (laughs) But of course, he also knew football. And he could coach football. And his style was unique to him. He took it with him wherever he went. Washington State. Mississippi State. Texas Tech. 21 years as a head coach with 19 bowl teams. 158 career wins. A two-time national coach of the year. But that's not why college football will never be the same. So you'll hear the stories, some of the tributes from those who worked with him and knew him well. We actually are going to hear from a reporter who covered what was Leach's third season in Starkville, Mississippi. A member of the Clarion Ledger who covers Mississippi State Athletics will join us at the top of next hour. I can imagine it's been a couple emotional days for him as well. And while we're talking about lows, a different type of low, but the news confirmed on Kyler Murray. Done for the rest of the season, obviously, with a torn ACL. But certain to miss a good portion of next season, even as he recovers and rehabs and tries to get back to the football shape that made his game so dangerous. His game so dependent upon the ability to cut and juke and move forward and back and laterally, the explosiveness. And it was... When he was on the move Monday night, early in the game, that he crumpled into a heap on the field at home in Arizona with an awkward step. And so the worst fears for the Cardinals are confirmed. And Cliff Kingsbury was speaking about his quarterback on Tuesday. A lot to get to. As I say, the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, wild swings on the basketball court as well. The Lakers with a 13-point lead over the Celtics and not even four minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Now, this is after the Celtics had, I think it was a 20-plus point lead in this game. If not, it was pretty damn near close. Not only did the Lakers come back and seize the momentum and seize control, but they end up losing that lead and the game goes into overtime. And so we'll get to that too. Giannis Antetokounmpo with an incredible milestone considering the relative short length of his career. Right, he, he hasn't been in the NBA that long. And we know what he's accomplished in terms of individual honors and, and also an NBA championship ring. But another milestone that I was surprised to hear about. And while we're talking about basketball, here I am with your highs and highs and lows 
Steven Silas returns to the sidelines a couple days after his Hall of Fame dad passes away. You can imagine that was very emotional for him. And then everything in between. It's a Tuesday night. It will definitely not be your typical hump show, but it is the middle show of the work week. That means you'll have a chance to ask Amy anything. So you can do that. If you find our show Twitter, After Hours CBS. And then also on our Facebook page. For those of you who spent time on our social media or crossed by our social media over the last, well, what do you think, Jay? 16 hours, I guess, at some point. Give or take. (laughs) We finally gave you a video, a three-dimensional video with music, actually. Holiday cheer. Don't tell. Don't tell. That's right. We dropped an Eminem music video because we want you to guess the number of green and red and brown. I I mixed in a few brown M&Ms because they it, it look like the pine trunk, the tree trunk of your your balsam fir, your Douglas fir, your live Christmas tree. And so I picked out all of the green and red M&Ms in a big bag that I had and then I put them into a jar, sealed the jar. The jar has not been opened. Jay swears to me he has not stolen any M&Ms out of the jar. Not one. Not even one? Not even one. You know I booby-trapped the jar, right? So you would have lost a finger. Would have snapped at me? It, it, well, I don't know. You might have lost a finger or maybe two. If you tried to steal any no, that M&Ms. That would be impressive, honestly. You think? It would. I, I, Did you not know I was a mad scientist? It'd be pretty cool if you could booby <laughs> trap that uh, mason jar. So if you want to check out our social media, not only can you vote for TD of the Week, we'll let you hear the candidates again before this hour are done, but TD of the Week, as well as the video that you can see from inside the control room. Producer Jay did a real good job with the video from inside his control room. So this is not where I sit, but it's where Producer Jay runs the show. And in the background, you can see the video. uh, the, The video shows in the background behind the jar, my main studio. Now, I'm not in it, but you can see some of the Christmas lights as well as some of the cameras that are standing in the way. So yes, we invite you to go check out behind the scenes video, but mostly we want to give you an idea of how large the jar of M&Ms and allow you a spot to guess, guess away. Top three closest estimates when after hours swag. So again, check it out on our show, Twitter after hours, CBS, You can also send your questions for Ask Amy Anything. So seriously, you want to head to our show Twitter account because there's so much that you can do there. My Twitter is Radio. On our Facebook page too, having a hard time keeping up between your Christmas ornament responses. Jay, have you seen the number of responses we've already gotten to our M&M jar on Facebook? Facebook is crazy. You guys are nuts on Facebook. Like, seriously, there's something wrong with you. Just kidding. I'm, I'm teasing. We are happy to have you as part of our community. But already on Facebook, the post hasn't even been up for 24 hours yet. 
And already on Facebook, we've had more than 600 guesses. Are you ready to go through all those? I, I'm not, but I will. Well, that no, that's your job. I know. I was I know. the one that picked all the M&Ms out and put the jar together, and we had a deal. I got a week to mentally prepare for we it. We had so. a deal that you would be the one who would go through the guesses. There's going to be so many more coming in, too. That's true. We're just now promoting it on the air. So Eminem has dropped his music video. Okay, I have to tell you, some of <laughs> some of these guesses are a little bit outrageous. I, I saw a couple that oh were Oh, my startling. gosh. You guys are, you are all about it. 1,240. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Edward said 937. <laughs> That's a lot. The jar, that was the point of showing you the jar is so that you could compare it to, say, the computer screen next to it. Or you could compare it to, I don't know. The, anything. Anything and kind of get an idea. It's a small mason jar. Trust me, there are not 900 M&Ms in here. I mean, I could you imagine how long it would have taken me to, to count out 900 M&Ms? How many bags of M&Ms is that even? Well, it's a large bag. It's a supersized, one of those share with family and friends bag, which, of course, I still have the bag at home. I didn't bring that to share with you. Oh, it's part of your Christmas present. Surprise. Uh, so Thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. So anyway, the jar, you just need to keep in mind how large or not large the jar is. Anyway, uh, that's the only hint I'm going to give you. We're asking you to tell us how many M&Ms are in the jar. And if you are among the closest three guesses. It doesn't matter if you go over. You just have to be among the closest three. Then we will send you after hours swag. All right? So let's go over it again really quickly. Vote for TD of the week. Send your questions for Ask Amy Anything. Guess the number of M&Ms in our Christmas mason jar. I feel like that's more than enough incentive to go to each of our social media sites. Again, Twitter, After Hours CBS. Or our Facebook page. And our phone number, too. If you want to share a story or a memory of Mike Leach, I know he also interacted with fans and was so beloved on the various campuses where he worked. You can do that. 855-212-4227. We're going to dive right in as best we can. There's so much to get to. Maybe we'll start with a little bit on on Coach Leach. But then after that, we've got to hit some of these incredible milestones that we saw on Tuesday evening. Wait, is it Tuesday? It is Tuesday. Yes. Sorry. That's how quickly my days all blend together. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We're glad to have you alongside. It's our hump show, middle show of the work week. Oh, my goodness. Christmas is so close. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. First of all, what kind of mythical powers does a Sun Devil have? We've got to consider that. I'm going to say the Wildcat's out. Uh, the Trojan, is he, does he have a horse or is he on foot? Does he have a bow and arrow or just his sword? The Bruin, definitely formidable. Another bear up there at Cal. Uh, the tree, I imagine that tree's going to get chopped down. 
Unless we're going to go with a bird and somebody might get pecked or something. I don't know. The duck might lose interest and just fly away and get out of there, which may be good advice under the circumstances. Uh, the husky, no chance. The beaver, well, we'll see how long that beaver can hold his breath. Um, the ute, again, we're back to, uh, is he on horseback? Does he have a bow and arrow? Did he trade for a rifle? I mean, you know... Because if that youth's got a rifle, there's some definite problems. You know, you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how you kill a sun devil because there's a lot of uh, outside stuff there. Just as far as a beast alone, uh, a buffalo's going to be pretty hard to tangle with. I mean, a, bu a buffalo's utterly outstanding. Did I leave any of them out? The Kugel find a way. Uh, Clear-minded and crafty, a combination of stay out of harm's way and and uh and attack when you get your uh your chances or your openings this is after hours with amy lawrence gosh that brings tears to my eyes it's hard to believe that mike leach is gone at 61 years old it was relatively quick although it felt like an eternity the last couple of days waiting for hours and hearing some of the ominous reports or conversations uh, that were taking place around his health, people that m you thought m might have been in the know or might have been in touch with people who were in touch with the family. And so I was hoping against hope. I know a lot of people were praying for Mike Leach, but ultimately he did not leave the hospital after getting airlifted to Jackson, Mississippi on Sunday he was at a media Christmas party on Saturday night. I've seen people tweet about it. And by Sunday, had suffered a heart issue at home. And that was it. That was the beginning of the end for Coach. But college football, remembering him, smiling over some of his rants, that's one of our favorites. In fact, it landed Coach Leach. In the After Hours Hall of Flame, you all picked him as an inductee last year or the year before. Just one of his topics. One of them. There were so many. At the top of the hour, we'll talk to Stefan Krychik, who is in Mississippi, works in Starkville, covers Mississippi State Athletics. The football team had to make a decision about their bowl game. And in the meantime, there are places around the stadium where photos and flowers and candles and other memorabilia are piling up. And then the number of people who wanted to share their Mike Leach stories from every corner of the sports world on Tuesday. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Cliff Kingsbury was doing his press conference on Tuesday because of what happened to his quarterback, Kyler Murray. And we'll hear about Kyler a little bit later on, but he is part of the Mike Leach coaching tree and, and also uh, played for him at Texas Tech. We'd be watching film, and you'd throw to the wrong guy, and he'd circle each guy, say, 
this guy's open, this guy's open, which they really weren't, right? And he said, this guy probably scores a touchdown. And then he asked the backs, he's like, who would y'all throw to? And they're like, that guy. <laughs> and then you threw it here. See, you threw it here. Um, but that was kind of his beauty. It's like he, he truly thought that his offense was unstoppable, and he made you believe in yourself you know, more so than you did. Cliff Kingsbury, just one of many that we've heard from in the last few hours. And everyone seems to have a story that incites laughter. As much as he was an accomplished and successful football coach, he also had a very specific way that he wanted things done in a very specific way that he taught. And so whether it's the guys who played for him or the guys who coached alongside him, like Bob Stoops, guy that I worked with when I was at Oklahoma. He was on with Zach Gelb on Tuesday on CBS Sports Radio, and I love hearing him talk about his time with Mike. You walk in his office, and it's all football, and it's on a Monday night. It's 11 o'clock at night, and I'm dying to go home. It's, I'm tired, and I sit, I, have, I sit there, and I'm lectured for an hour about Geronimo <laughs> has nothing to do with playing Texas the next week, or I'm going to sit there and I got everything I need to know about Geronimo in that hour. And, uh, that's just Mike. He could school you about anything. And he was so, uh, interested in everything and researched everything. Um, it was, it was the best, but that's, that's, that's what I got from my OC on a Monday night when we're all talking football, he wants to talk about Geronimo. A former Oklahoma assistant under Bob Stoops. Just 61 years old. That is so young. And I don't know, we may never know, what toll football took on him or what toll coaching took on him. But it definitely is a a problem and a challenge among football coaches at the highest levels of the college ranks, but also into the NFL. Think about the number of NFL coaches or even you could name probably some college football coaches, but there are only 32 head coaches in the NFL, and how many of them have had to either step away because of health challenges or have had to retire because of those. And a lot of times there is a direct correlation between the hours and hours they spend at the facilities and the amount of time and effort that they spend on football versus taking care of their health. I think one of the great trends in the NFL these days with younger coaches is that they do seem to also make time for exercise. I don't know about their eating habits. That's not something I can speak to, but that's part of the challenge with coaches. I've worked with so many in the basketball side, and it's the same. Very often you're on the road either traveling with your team in season or recruiting out of season, and you're sleeping in one bed one night and a different hotel bed the other night, and you're eating out all the time or eating on the fly, not taking the opportunity to to exercise and to pay attention to your own physical bodies. And I'm not saying that had anything to do with Mike, but I know a lot of coaches have struggled with the challenge of of balancing health and fitness and taking care of themselves with the demands of the profession. 
It's After Hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Lane Kiffin, another college football coach. He's crossed paths with Leach in various places and just loved the man. There aren't many people that you look forward to seeing every single time, especially on a game day, at conference meetings, um, you know, having Pac-12 meetings. And just think of somebody that you could go into SEC head coaches meetings where everyone's supposed to not get along and all that. <laughs> and here's this guy just get along with everybody. Didn't matter where you're from, um, how long you've coached anything. He, he was so wonderful to everybody and just a true joy to be around. And maybe I said yesterday to our staff that didn't know him, maybe the smartest person I have ever met. Quite a tribute from Lane Kiffin, who, of course, has been all over the place, including part of Nick Saban's staff at Alabama. I like this quote from Lane. I can't imagine college football without him. And that really is so impactful, but also so accurate. That same sentiment from many quarters of the sport on Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday. There are so many Mike Leach quips out there, so many of his own rants and humorous stories, just descriptions of his own team. I mentioned it last last segment. The one that made me laugh out loud was when he described his team as being the most constipated offense on the planet. He never held back. He was unabashedly Mike Leach. Take it or leave it. And in some cases, it rubbed people the wrong way. He got fired at Texas Tech. And they decided it was for cause. Went through Washington State and then most recently ended up at Mississippi State in Starkville where he just wrapped up his third season and was headed for a bowl with his Bulldogs. We'll hear from others who coach with him and want to share their memories of him. And we'll spend some time in Mississippi at the top of the hour. Man, I told you the highest of highs, but also the lowest of lows on this edition of the show. But we're glad that you're hanging out with us on Twitter. A law radio. We'll let you hear those candidates for TD of the week coming up. So you can vote there for a couple more hours. You can also send your questions for Ask Amy Anything. I don't know, Jay, are you planning on giving it a holiday theme again? Because I know we started with holidays last week. A couple more. I'm going to sprinkle them in. All right. Jay's in charge. He's driving the bus. And then you can also, actually, Marco Belletti's in studio. Is this the first time you're seeing the Eminem jar? It is. Okay, so Eminem just dropped a new music video. There is a video on social. It comes with music. Eminem. Okay. Get it? Do you get it? I get it, yes. Okay, good. Uh, I did, yes, go through the bag and pick out all of the red and green ones and then had to add a few brown ones for texture, for depth, because <laughs> Christmas tree also has brown on it. Okay. Yeah, you know the bark, the branches. All right, didn't even think of it. Okay. Don't you love the sound? I think you're, oh my gosh, your, da- your daughter could play with this forever. Hey, I, I think we got enough stuff that makes noise in the house. <laughs> I think I need more. Would you like to guess? Because the point is to guess the number of M&Ms in the jar. By the sure. way, it's, it's not over a thousand, and yet people are somehow guessing a thousand. He's eyeing it suspiciously, like there's a trick to it. 
Do you know if you try to open this and eat the M&Ms, it's booby-trapped and you'll lose a finger, so don't do it. Uh, I can't even reach that far. No, no, no. I'm not going to I'm not gonna cheat. I'm trying to look at it, though. You keep you, you, no. you keep blocking it with well, your hands. Where, I can't that's see. That's where the video comes in. You get to see it in the round. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with 734. 734 M&Ms. Now, remember, this is for after-hours swag. All right. Marco so I'm going to write that down because I'm going to forget. Okay. Marco. <laughs> Noted. I got it. You got it, Jay? Because I'm going to forget. <laughs> Ten minutes from now, you're going to be like, what? No, I don't know, 412? But can you tell me how many <laughs> dollars Aaron Judge signed for? Uh, off the top of my head, wow. Now, nine years, uh, bu- 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 bu, uh, 360, right? Jay, nine years, 360? Pretty sure that's accurate. Boom. Yeah. Now, how many M&Ms did you guess? 700 and something. 734. Okay. 24. It's not one of those. Seven something or other. Man alive. Okay. We got you. Don't mess with uh, my brain's oatmeal, man. You can't can't be doing that kind of stuff. No, see, my brain's spaghetti where everything's all tangled together on a plate. If you pull a couple strands of spaghetti off, more spaghetti and slash thoughts come off the plate and it's all jumbled up together. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm a pile of goo. I can't remember anything. A pile of goo. I like that. A lovable pile of goo, though. And he does have a script, so he's not going to forget anything in this update. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. (laughs) It's a touchdown Tuesday on After Hours. Firing for the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Touchdown. Takes it himself to the power. One man to beat him. He's gone. They throw in the end zone. Cut. Touchdown. Hey, the guy missed. He's inside the five. He's to the three to one. Tom Stubbs. Southern's helping into the end zone. Touchdown. To cast your vote for the TD of the week, head to at After Hours CBS on Twitter or give us a call at 855-212-4227. The Detroit Lions. Second down and five. Lions from the Viking 41. Golf play action fake. Time in the pocket. Looks, looks. Throws deep downfield. Got a man wide open. Inside the five. Caught. End zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Jamison Williams. Welcome to Detroit, young man. How about that? 41 yards. That's the 12th overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. He's keeping that football in his hands as well. The Cincinnati Bengals. First and 10 at the Cleveland 45-yard line. Burrow catches a high snap. Now it's a flea flicker. He's going to throw it deep. Got him. He's got a man open. Woo! Over the shoulder catch. Trenton Irwin at the 6. Touchdown. Baby. Baby. Bengals. The flea flicker executed to perfection as Burrow gave it to Mixon. He flipped it back to Joe and Joey Franchise launched it perfectly down the middle of the field for the touchdown strike to Trenton Irwin. The San Francisco 49ers. Kittle motions to the right of Purdy in the backfield. Ayuk slotted inside of McCaffrey left. Jennings and uh, Ray Ray are right. Purdy going to throw for the end zone for McCaffrey. Makes the catch for a touchdown! What an adjustment there by Christian McCaffrey. The Buffalo Bills. First down, Bills have it at the Jets' 24-yard line. Josh lines up shotgun. Now the snap. Allen looks, looks, fires it downfield. Caught by Dawson, knocks at the eight, dives into the end zone. He is in. 
Touchdown! Touchdown, Buffalo. Dawson Knox was wide open, and he sailed over a defender to get into the end zone. A 24-yard touchdown strike. Oh, such good candidates. We didn't even include Tyreek Hill with the scoop and score for the Dolphins. That was a losing effort against the Chargers Sunday night. Nor did we include the game winner by the Cowboys over the Texans with 41 seconds to go because, well, you know, because it was a one-yard rush. And it was exciting, but come on, these were scintillating. Jamison Williams, first NFL catch, first NFL TD. From Alabama, the rookie catching that ball from Jared Goff. That's Dan Miller on Lions Radio. I was just saying to producer Jay, the better the Lions are, the more we get to hear from Dan Miller, and he kills it. Dan Horn and Dave Lapham, they're amazing. The flea flicker, Joe Burrow for the Bengals as they survive the Browns, and Burrow gets his first victory against Cleveland in his NFL career. How about Brock Purdy? Purdy successful in his first career start, and Christian McCaffrey definitely makes life easier if you're a brand-new QB. That's Greg Papa and Tim Ryan on Niners Radio. And then finally, this is the one I voted for. I'll just give you a sneak peek. Josh Allen to Dawson Knox. First touchdown of the game between the Bills and the Jets in the snow. That was part of the reason I loved it. But a somersault airborne up and over flipping into the end zone for the score. So you can find the poll. I just retweeted it myself, ALAW Radio. It's also pinned to the top of our Twitter account, or you can register your vote on our Facebook page. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Of course, week 14, a brutal one in terms of injuries, in terms of quarterback injuries, multiple guys in concussion protocol like Russell Wilson, Kenny Pickett, Tyler Huntley. We'll wait for updates on those guys as we head toward week 15. And also the doozy, Kyler Murray confirmed that he did tear his ACL on the third snap for the Cardinals offense Monday night. He wants to come back, you know, talking to him last night, bigger, stronger, faster than ever. And uh, I think, you know, Joe Burrow and what he's been able to do coming back from his is, is encouraging uh, for Kyler. And, and so, uh, like I said, he's definitely up for the challenge talking to him last night. You know, both of us heard enough this year to be highly motivated for the offseason. And I know he, he will be, too. And um, those surgeries have been proven uh, recently that guys are coming back and, and faster and stronger. And I know he's he's excited about that prospect. That is true, and I appreciate that Cliff Kingsbury is hopeful and recognizes that there's more to come for Kyler Murray. His game is obviously very different from Burroughs. They do not play the position the same way, um, but also because it was so late in this regular season, you're talking about well into next season, likely before he is cleared. So you wonder what the Cardinals will do in the offseason in terms of quarterback. I would suspect they would look around, though Colt McCoy has started multiple games for them now. Week 15 kicks off Thursday night, San Francisco at Seattle. So inside the NFC West, we know Debo Samuel is likely out, but not necessarily done for the season. So that's good news for the Niners, the leaders of that division. We'll get to more QB news. Uh, We'll also get to some of... 
It's the funnier stuff that pops up in the wake of an NFL weekend. Aaron Rodgers back doing his weekly appearance. I know uh, Jay and I were laughing over Vaughn Miller. He's still hosting his podcast. He's got extra time now, even after he had knee surgery. Uh, You saw the news while we're talking San Francisco from the Bay Area. The Giants finally get their man. According to Jim Bowden, who joined us before the winter meetings here on CBS Sports Radio, Carlos Correa was the most desirable of the four short stop free agents and he ends up signing a 13-year deal for 350 million dollars that is insane but one of the reasons that Bowden said that Carlos Correa was number one is because of his age because he's in his 20s this is the fourth largest contract by the by its total value in baseball history behind only Mike Trout Mookie Betts and Aaron Judge and here's another thing you remember we just had this conversation last week about the number of $300 million contracts in NF, or NB, okay, try again, MLB history. I should have just said baseball. There were only 10, including Trey Turner. Now there have been two more, Aaron Judge and now Carlos Correa. Yeah, 13 years matches the longest contract ever. It's after hours on CBS Sports Radio. All right, enough is enough. I can't put it off any longer, nor do I want to. It was a milestone night, one we've been counting down to for Alex Ovechkin. As a puck drop right off the faceoff, Connor Sherry coming in along the right side, and now they score, and it's Alex Ovechkin, 7.98, and he does it 24 seconds into the first period. Second unit on for Washington, Milano tried to center, here's Sherry, low, and now the chance, he scores! The puck for Alex Ovechkin, tapped in at the left post, that is 7.99, he is one away from 800 with 11.46 to go in the first. It's two, nothing, Washington. Not even 10 minutes into their game in Chicago. So this is Capitals at the Blackhawks. John Walton with the call on Caps Radio. You could tell this was something special. And Jay and I were talking about it. there's so much time left to go. And this was an overwhelming performance, but also one that you knew his teammates were going to try to set him up as much as possible. Ultimately, though, it was what Ovechkin does. Right place, right time, around the net, waiting for an opportunity and prepared when it came to him. Murphy in for the blue line, battling Milano, and then a puck set the distance all the way down into the Chicago zone. The Blackhawks starting, and now the turnover in front, and Mantha feeding it to Kuznetsov, and Morazic diving, a shot, they score! And it's Alex Ovechkin, and it's 800 goals in the National Hockey League! The bench empties! Alex Ovechkin is the third player in National Hockey League history to score 800 goals. He does it here in Chicago, Illinois on the 13th of December, 2022. History here at the Madhouse on Madison. Alex Ovechkin, Gordie Howe, and Wayne Gretzky are now the only three skaters ever in National Hockey League history to score 800 goals. Without you guys, obviously, I'll never reach a uh, kind of numbers. Um, it's huge, you know, uh, good for pro hockey, it's great for uh, 
uh, organization and uh, obviously um, I'm happy to do that with you guys. It's uh, special. That is Alex Ovechkin to his teammates after this milestone. John Walton with the call there. 800 career goals, only the third in NHL history. And he sits just one behind Gordie Howe, who's in second place. And did you know that he actually has designs on catching Wayne Gretzky, who's got another 97 on Alex Ovechkin? This was an incredible moment, one that we knew would happen because he's been dominating for years. It's a big number. It's uh, one of the best company you ever can imagine uh, since you start playing hockey to be in uh, with that category. 800 only. I'm the third person who ever scored that uh, many goals. It was great. Um, obviously, um, Mo gave me a nice pass and I just have to put it in. And Puck wasn't, you know, uh, on my, my curve, so I knew like I just have to put it up and uh, it's in. So fitting that it comes with a hat trick, right? That's perfect. Yeah! I've said this so many times and I will never take it back. That is one of my favorite championship celebrations of all time. (laughs) But even going back to when he was the first to hoist the Stanley Cup, the Capitals finally, after years of futility, realized that dream. All the relief, all the release comes pouring out of Ovechkin. I have the video liked on my Twitter. In fact, I may share it with you sometime before the show is done. Congratulations to the great eight, Alex Ovechkin, 800 career goals. It's After Hours, CBS Sports Radio.